Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 17. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is, this is what Jesus, this was a prophecy in the book of Isaiah about Jesus. And he's reading this prophecy. Imagine that something was, you know, it was written about you and you're reading, guys, this is me. This is talking about me preaching good news to the poor. What is good news to the poor? If you're poor, let me ask you this. What's good news to you? Oh, I know you're poor, but you're going to be even more poor. Boy, you're going to. You're going to have a real tough time. <laughs> it's just, anyways, be, yeah, you're, you think you're poor now? Well, just wait till Christ comes. He's going to make you even more poor. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? Listen, to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? <laughs> the gospel Jesus said of himself, I'm here to set the captives free. I'm here to set the oppressed free. I'm here to, to let the poor know your physical needs are now going to be met. You're not going to, you're not going to stay poor. You know, the, <laughs> I, I never really understood that thought. Oh, you know, well, well, the Bible says that, that, that Christ had nowhere to lay his head. That's, <laughs> that's because he was always, he was always on the move, but anytime he needed to, to, to lay down his head, there was some, some place that he had to go. He certainly wasn't living on the street. You know, there, there's, there's a, a I don't, I've never understood. It almost seems like a desire or a, a um, it's like, I, I, you know, we should be poor. It's better to be poor. In, in what way? In what way? So that you could be of absolutely no use to anybody. So that. Uh, you could barely have your own needs met. And then if somebody else has a need, you're going to be like, look, sorry, uh, I, I, I can't help you. You know, when it says, is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Is it not? Is there not a command of the Lord to help the poor? How can you help the poor if you're poor? Can somebody answer that question to me? I'm curious. Let me know. Well, you know, Jesus, Jesus didn't fly in a jet. Yeah, well, he didn't drive a car either. <laughs> so, so you, you, <laughs> I like that. My dad points out how Judas was a treasurer and John says to be a treasurer, there needs to be treasure. Of course. Well, what do you think? You think that, that everything Jesus did, there was never any money involved. <laughs> Anyways. And by the way, Judas, Judas was robbing from Jesus. And he still, there still was never a lack of anything. You know, Jesus didn't. Okay, so then I guess the answer is, since you don't believe in prosperity, I suppose the answer would be then, sell everything. 
you shouldn't be driving a car. Uh, you shouldn't be, uh, um, you shouldn't have a climate controlled house. It's like, I'm, I would like to know what's your approved level of financial prosperity. Where does it stop? Just the car? Or is it a certain kind of car? Is it just enough? I'm going to, I'm going to show you that from the scripture, because again, I remember when I was, uh, um, not even that long ago, I would say as little as five years ago, I never liked any, any kind of, uh, preaching about money. I'm like, why are they always talking about money? Why does it always have to come down to money? They never could get away without talking about money. And, and I was, um, really misinformed. You know, Paul talks quite a lot about money and, and, you know, I, I, um, it's okay, Mary Ellen, we always appreciate you. Um, you know, and then, and then people say, well, you know, you, you, you misread, um, you misread second Corinthians. Okay, it's all in there. Everybody, everything's always about like, uh, um, well, you're not interpreting that right. And you're not interpreting that right. Okay. Well, apparently you are. So, okay. But, but let's, let's look at it again. I'm, I'm coming from a perspective that I did not like discussion about money. I did not like, uh, um, the word prosperity. I'm like, Oh, that prosperity gospel. That's such an American thing. Um, you know, one of my students, he, he's from Africa. He's from Africa. And, um, and he was telling me how Africa is, especially the country where he's from an extremely, extremely wealthy, um, <laughs> agreed, uh, Val, extremely wealthy country, like super wealthy, like more money than, than you could think of, but they don't, they don't want the people to get it. Anyways, I'm not, I'm not going to get into a discussion about that. Uh, because I, I work for a, a nonprofit organization and I see that every single day. There's plenty of money and there's plenty of food and there's plenty of everything, but that money has a tendency to be in the wrong hands. Do you want the money to be in the hands of the wicked where it never gets to the people? Or do you want that money to be in the hands of the righteous where they can actually affect a change? Like it says in Isaiah 58, what's the kind of fasting that I'm looking for? To set the oppressed free, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked. That... There's plenty of money. There's plenty of money, but it's in, it's, it's in the hands of wicked people. So I, I never liked it. Never had all that prosperity. The gospel is the gospel. There's not like sections of the gospel. And I, I never even really understood. Now I don't, I, you know, back then I, I, I was guilty of saying it all the time. Oh, there are those prosperity preachers. Well, like I read in Luke 4, Jesus made it clear of everything he had to do. And part of it was preaching good news to the poor. Letting them know, I'm here now. I have good news for you. Now, let me read it in 2 Corinthians. Listen to this. Starting at verse 7. Uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 8. 
should say the, the, that's right, John. There is a scripture that says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Uh, there's another scripture that says that you will uh, have wealth that you didn't, that, that basically the, the wicked is spending all their, their work and all their time to lay up all this wealth and it's going to be given into the hands of the righteous. I'm going to tell you something. I know that there are people watching here right now who hate the word prosperity. But I'm going to tell you something. If you live in a house if you have four walls and a roof, if you could go right now and go to your thermostat and turn up your thermostat, you are prosperous. I don't want to hear it. I don't care about your lame arguments. Oh, well, um, you know, it's uh, uh, these all you want to do is get rich. I'm going to get to that. I have a whole set. You can see my notebook because of the, the camera angle. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff to talk to you about. But I'm not, interested in, I'm not interested in hearing it because there's nothing you could say to me that will convince me otherwise of what I know to be true because I spent the majority of my adult life, I'm 40 now, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult, <laughs> but I spent the majority of that hating, oh, uh, here they go talking about money. You know, as soon as the offerings pass, I get all like, you know. Uh, when are they going to just pass out the bucket? I don't need to hear about it. I don't need teaching. Clearly I did. I do. And I did. And clearly the body of Christ does. Or there wouldn't be tweets like that. Oh, the prosperity teaching is so divisive. You don't even know what you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going to show you exactly that. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. There is a grace upon giving because not everybody can give. Why? Because everybody doesn't want to give. Because I, I'm going to tell you what, 10%, and I, I talked about tithing, so this is not uh, um, a, uh, a lesson about tithing. But what do we know from the scripture? All of the money is, belongs to the Lord. All of it is his. All he's asking from you is just 10% of it. And when you think about it that way, that is an extremely small amount of money. But it adds up, doesn't it? If you look at the end of the year of all the money that you gave in your tithes, I, I understand why people don't want to do it. Oh, well, tithing's not a, a New Testament thing. Well, read the book of Hebrews. Right? How, you know, and again, um, that exactly you will and, and and Paul talks about that give and you shall receive that's how it goes and I'm going to explain to you even because I'm, I'm going to say this I think part of the problem is that people don't understand when when a, when a preacher says prosperity they're not understanding fully from scripture what it actually is and I'm going to explain that to you tonight and I think that 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 is certainly um you know certainly what is uh, um, what leads people astray because they don't really know what it is. There's two, I would say two main aspects of our brother Attilio pointing out one about giving uh, to the poor. Um, but let me keep reading in the scripture. See to it that you also excel in this grace of giving. There is a grace required to be a giver because you don't want to give. It's okay, Jill, you're here. You don't want to give. You would rather give you all of your money to, to Starbucks and Netflix and you buy a big TV. And there's nothing wrong with that. You could, 
I, I'm not one of those people that is going to make you feel bad because you bought a $7 coffee. I don't understand why you did, but I'm not going to make you feel bad. <laughs> hey, Pina, good to see you. There's something you could do. I, I am not, I am not here to tell you what to do with your money. God requires 10%. That's it. That's all he requires. But Paul takes it a step further. I am not commanding you, but I want, because again, it's not like uh, no one's holding you down and trying to take your wallet out. No, no one's like, like forcing you to like write your, um, your, uh, your bank details in, in the app of the church. Nobody's forcing you to do that. Paul wasn't either. He wasn't, he wasn't telling the people, well, uh, if you don't give, you're going straight to hell. That's not what he was saying. So if somebody says that, you know, I, the, the, the scripture to me is clear. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Look at verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor so that through, so that you through his poverty might become rich. I'm, I love Chichero. I, I, I like their food and their coffee. So there you go. You don't have to go to Starbucks. Again, but I, I'm not trying. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say that you can't go to Starbucks. You could do whatever you want. I'm not trying to say that. All I'm trying to say is nobody has any problem. Spent like Jill mentioned her phone bill. We'll pay whatever we need to pay. I need to have a phone. Okay. And you'll pay whatever the phone bill is. 10% to God. To the church? Eesh. I mean, I like going to church at all, but you know, I, you know, I, I don't know about that. You know, Paul, Paul was letting you know something because you know that that scripture, verse nine, people say, well, actually, um, it's talking spiritually that though Jesus was spiritually rich, he became spiritually poor so that you might become spiritually rich. Boy, that's funny because the whole chapter <laughs> up until there, was all talking about money, money. I forgot. I was supposed to have a, a, a bill to like hold up for emphasis. I forgot. Um, I don't know exactly where it switched over to the spiritual part, but it's talking about money. I know there's people on here who would normally watch who aren't watching because they don't like this subject. Let me tell you something. It's too bad. I don't decide what the Bible says. It's not my decision. If you don't like it, that's you got to take that up with the Lord. If it bothers you, you've got to take that up with the Lord. I can't help you. Let's go to uh, first, sorry, Second Corinthians chapter nine. Keep reading because he's not done. If you think that was it for giving, talks the whole chapter. Then there's another chapter after that where he continues to get uh, talk about giving. Verse six. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Why do you guys always talk about sowing and reaping? I don't see that in the Bible. I'm not sure people read the Bible. I'm just being honest. I'm not sure they do. Um, anyways. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion. There's no compulsion to give. You know, God, God's not interested. Um, hey, Steph. God's not interested in you, like, begrudgingly, like, ugh, 
I, I don't, I don't want to give it. Then don't give. He doesn't want your money that way. What, 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 why? Cain did not give the best of what he had. Abel, on the other hand, did. And we all know how that story played, plays out. God's not interested in, and you're like, you know, um, well, uh, uh, I guess I, if I have to, don't. No, no one's forcing you to give. God loves a cheerful giver. And you're probably thinking to yourself, how can I give cheerfully? It's parting with my money. Well, is money your master or is God your master? Because the Bible says that you cannot serve two masters. You can either serve God or you can serve money. And it's quite clear. And if money has no hold on you, then you're not going to have a problem giving generously. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Oh, you don't want money to have a hold on you. You know, Paul warns about that. If money, if money has, a, if money has a hold on you, you won't want to give it away, unless it's the stuff that you you feel well. I, if I'm giving my money for um, at, to the Amazon people who are billionaires, but I want something, that's okay. And again, you could buy on Amazon. I, I have something that I ordered on Amazon. I, I hope I hope I'm being clear. You, this is not a, a lecture on uh, how dare you. Um, don't give all your money to the poor. If you gave all your money to the poor, do you know what would happen? Do you know what would happen? There'd still be poor. Why? Because of what I talked about earlier, that there is plenty of money to go around and plenty of food, but there are wicked people who do not want that money and that food to get into the hands of the people. And that's just how it is. And here we are sitting in our nice, comfortable North American uh, uh, chair and couch, and you have no clue of what happens in other places in the world. Not a clue. And I didn't either until I started, until I started working for a company that deals with, with, with third world, world countries. Boy, those governments are loaded. Tons of money. You know what they do? They put tax upon tax upon tax if you want to bring a food shipment into the uh, country. So it almost makes it impossible. So you could go, you could go for it and, and give all your money. Why don't those rich ministers give all their money to the poor? They'll still be poor. That's right. Like I said before, everything is God's. He owns all the silver and all the gold and all the cattle on a thousand hills. What does it say in, 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 in the Old Testament? God has given you the ability to create wealth, not you. And that's what happens. People get rich from, you know, quote unquote, their own hand. And they're like, well, I, I, I worked hard and I toiled and I sweat and I worked 12 hours a day. This is my money. No, everything is from the hand of the Lord. Everything. It's all his. Agreed, John. That's it. That's the story. Listen, I, I don't want to burst your bubble. If you thought that by giving it to, to World Vision or whatever, um, that the money's, you know, all of that money is, is, is you know, it makes it, anyways, I'm not going to, I'm not going to advertise my own, uh, the own, the, my own charity that I work for, but uh, we give 93% uh, of all money to the, to the people. You want to know what makes us different? It's, a, it's not an advertisement, but we work with churches that are living in those places. So they're already in the community. So that's what makes a big difference if you're curious. But anyways, 
it's not a it's not a plug for for you to donate but i'm just saying because there's a lot of, of talking about that um because that's what we, we we skip a lot of the admin because we work with local pastors who already live there so we 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 get to, to take out a lot of that admin that a lot of those other charities but anyways again it's, it's not about that but i'm just trying to tell you oh those those preachers they have like a nice watch and a nice suit they should give all their money to the poor they could do that. They could do that. Right? They could give all the money to the poor and not have a watch. Them having a Rolex makes zero difference of people being poor. You, you think. It's called Feed the Hungry. Uh, our church, um, our church uh, gives to this. Uh, it's a great, great organization, not just because... Um, I work for it, but because they're just, they're great. Um, you have to think you got it. We got to stop with the silliness. Well, that, that preacher has a mansion. Oh, how dare he? Do you know what I'm learning as, as someone who just became an author? Books make a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, you have a, a minister who has written like best-selling books. What, what do you want them to do? Just, just, you think that, anyways, okay, whatever. I, I have no, again, um, that's great. Yeah, there, well, we have a Canadian office. That, that's, I, 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 I work, because uh, see, if you give through the Canadian side, it's in Canadian dollars, so your dollar goes a lot further. Um, but, you know, it's like, I'm tired of this. I get very frustrated. Because I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. There's a lot, there's a lot of great ministries. And giving to the poor is commanded. But if you're going to say, well, those ministers, why don't you sell all your stuff and give it to the poor then? And then what good are you? What, living on the street begging for, uh, you know, at the stoplight with a squeegee? Like, come on. I don't, I don't understand. Oh, yeah, that prosperity gospel. You don't even, I, when people say that, I can tell they have no clue, not even a clue what they're talking about. God, listen to verse eight. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Why do they talk about reaping a harvest? You will, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The first thing that prosperity does, the first thing, prosperity allows you, there's no particular order, Prosperity allows you to meet the needs of others and thus give glory to 
God. Why are we here? We're here to give glory to God. He created us because he loves us, because he loves his creation. And what do we do? We give back all the glory, all the praise, and all the thanksgiving to God. Look at verse 12. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Prosperity is part of the gospel. It's not separate. It's not something that, that um, Americans in, in, in the 21st century just decided so that they can become rich. I already told you, you write a good book and you'll become rich. You don't, you don't need people's offerings for that. There's a, there's a lot of businesses that become a property owner. <laughs> become a property owner. You know, have you ever seen that movie? about? Uh, it's called The Founder. Uh, it's about how uh, McDonald's started. And what the guy found out, that where the money was, was uh, in owning the franchises. And so because he owns it, he gets more money. So you want to know where, where to become a property owner. There's all <laughs> You don't have to milk church people to get money. But that's what, that's what everybody thinks it's about. Well, you know, people already don't have much and you're, you're telling them that they have to give to your ministry. No one's telling you you have to do anything. What did I just read? I'm not going to go back and read the whole thing again. You can go back and watch. All of 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 lets you know what you need to do. Oh, you know, the, those, are, those verses are misunderstood. How? How? I, I, the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. <laughs> Giving accompanies the gospel of Christ. Why? What did I read in Luke 4? I have come to preach good news to the poor, to set the captive free. People are captive and bound by money. The people that have a lot and the people that don't have enough. You will be made rich in every way. Oh, you know, it's being spiritually rich. No, no. You will be spiritually rich. Uh, I love I, I, people. Christians find a way to get out of doing everything. Well, we don't really need to give, you know. Um, you know. Okay, then don't. But if you give, you will receive. Luke, Luke six. Jesus talking. Luke six thirty-seven. Give. Sorry. Uh, um, Sorry, 37. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Those are, right? Give and it will be given to you. Because what do people say? Well, actually, um, when, when Jesus says to give, you know, he's, he's actually talking about, 
you know, you give, um, you give kindness. No, he already covered it. Don't judge. Don't condemn. Forgive and give. They're separate. I don't understand. Like, I I'm sorry. I don't get it. I try. I can't figure it out. We have to give, you know, in love, you know, give, give of our love, give of our time, give of our compassion. Yeah. All of those things give money as well. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. My dad with always the great comments. They don't like, they don't like Christians talking about prosperity, but they don't mind the government taking all their money, especially if you live in Quebec. Especially if you live in Quebec, they're taking a lot of your money, but that's okay. But then a preacher comes in, starts talking about money. How dare they always having to talk about money. Everything's about money. Wake up everything. Absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. It, it is always about money. So you have to make a choice. Is money going to control me or am I going to have, a, 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 or am I going to be an authority over the money? That it doesn't control me. That's a great scripture. First Chronicles 4.10. The prayer of Jabez. Oh, that you would bless me. <laughs> oh, oh, we we shouldn't expect a blessing. Nope, shouldn't expect it. And yet, there's a prayer. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. It's, it's confirmed in the New Testament. Enlargement. Abounding, generously, make all things abound, all that you have. That $600 we got, it was ours anyways because we pay way too much taxes. That doesn't go anywhere that's important because you still can't get a, a doctor's appointment or a family doctor. It's all, but nobody cares. Oh, those, those preachers. They'll say that about me. Oh, here she goes talking about prosperity. Always about money. Okay, but you don't care where your money goes. You don't care. Because do you ever, do you ever even question what the government's making you give on tax? No, you don't care. But then as soon as a minister starts preaching about it from the word, oh, well, you know, spiritually. No! You will be made rich in every way. Not just spiritually. Spiritually rich, financially rich. So the first thing, what does prosperity do? It allows us to meet the needs of others because if our needs are met and there's an excess and an overflow, let me ask you this question. Can I just ask you this question? You know, <laughs> let's just say you, you have to pay a ticket that costs $1,500. That's a lot of money. You might have it. Okay, I have the $1,500. What if there's your brother and sister who, who doesn't have it? That's too much money for them. They don't have it. You're like, well, I have just enough for me. Look, sorry. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to you. Don't you think it would be a little better if you could say to your brother and sister, actually, I have enough for me and for you. I'm going to help you because I know that you don't have it. I know that you live pay to, paycheck to paycheck, but I don't. So I'm going to be able to help you out. What a terrible thing. What an awful thing. How 
dare I could be happy about that. What an awful thing. I'm such a terrible person that I want to be in a position, which I am. Why? Because I give. Give and you shall receive. That's how it goes. When I didn't give, do you know what happened? I didn't have any money. My mom had to give me money to help me. <laughs> I'm not... We're not going to pay. We're not, we're not paying. I, I, I say it as an example. We're not paying that, that money. Don't worry about that. Um, but I'm just telling you. I, my mom had to give me money for the rent because I didn't have any. But things started to change when I, number one, I got a job. Get a job. You know, people are like, they sit at home. Well, you know, I know God wants to prosper me. What's your job? Oh, I don't have one. Get a job. Work. Give. Give and you shall receive. And what's the second one? And a lot of people don't like this one. You know, our, our brother talked about um, the, the prayer of Jabez when he says, Oh Lord, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. God wants to bless you. He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. Look what it says in Psalm 35, 27. The, listen. The Lord delights in the prosperity of his servant. Hi, Evangelist Jonathan. One of my inspirations for this subject. Because I didn't know, I'll tell you, I didn't know anything. I knew nothing. And that was on me. The Lord delights in the prosperity of his servant. God wants to bless you. He loves you. You know, people, people think that God delights in the suffering of his people. No, God delights in the prosperity of his servant. So the, the second thing, why, why do we prosper? Because God loves us. He wants to bless us. What did it say in that scripture? God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, and you will abound in every good work. What did it say in, in, in the other scripture? By the grace of our Lord Jesus, though he was rich, he became poor, so that through his poverty, you might become rich. So the whole, the whole uh, um, subject matter here, is prosperity false teaching? Well, I just explained to you, first of all, what it is from the scripture. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about false teaching before we close. Turn to 2 Peter, because this is important. 2 Peter 2, verse 1. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these, stories will ex these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. In their greed... Well, this, this is it. So, well, you know, those, those prosperity teachers, they're so greedy, you know. But what, see, we have to change our vocabulary there. 
Because if you preach the full gospel, prosperity is part of it. Good news to the poor. Turn to another scripture, 1 John. 1 John 4. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Test the spirits. So it's okay. You don't have to just um, automatically accept everything. Test the spirits. Make sure you know. Make sure you're sure. And every, every good pastor or minister or preacher will tell you, you don't have to take my word for it. Study what the scripture says. Verse 3, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist. So what, what is a mark of a false teacher? They deny the work and deity of Christ. 1 John 2.22 says, who is the liar? He is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. So that is a mark of a false teacher. If they deny that Jesus is the Christ, they deny that Jesus is the Son of God. But this is where it gets muddy. Because you're going to say, well, okay, I know a lot of um, preachers. They, they, they acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, but they, they preach this, this prosperity thing. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The false teachers that were greedy for money did something. If you're taking notes, write this down. They promise prosperity without precursors. Write that down. They promise prosperity without precursors. These false teachers, especially in, in, in that second Peter was talking about, they were always finding a way to allow for sin. They said that the body is evil, so it doesn't matter what your body does, as long as your spirit is good, so it doesn't matter what your flesh does. They were always finding ways they looked to, towards, uh, um, like, like, like I mentioned last week, that in order to be saved, um, you needed to be circumcised because that's how you become righteous. They were always finding a way to condone sin. The mark of a false teacher will will find a way to condone sin. They will promise prosperity without precursor. They will say, yep, yeah, God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. As long as you give, you'll receive. But there's a precursor to that. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. Uh, <laughs> precursor. But you're close. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. Precursor. Be careful to obey all that is in the law. Be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then and only then will you be prosperous and successful. What does it say in Deuteronomy 28? Everyone loves Deuteronomy 28 because of the blessings. What's the first word 
if, if you obey, if the mark of a false teacher, they will allow sin. They will put, have a light regard for sin. They'll stand up and teach for an hour about how if you give, you shall receive and God wants to prosper you. But they never talk about how you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to obey the, the Lord. You know, in fact, because Evangelist Jonathan was on here. I was just listening to him preaching in, uh, he was in Georgia last week. He's already in New Mexico now. He's everywhere. You can't do that if you're poor, by the way. But anyways, think of all the people he's reaching, for goodness sakes. I don't know. I don't understand how anyone could not think that that's great. You'll find people that think that's not great, but whatever. Um, he spent a ton of time talking about sin. Warning against sin. You have to repent of your sin. You, you could talk about prosperity till you're blue in the face. But if you're not living a life of obedience to God, it doesn't matter how much you give. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, all these blessings will come upon you. If false teachers who are greedy for money promise prosperity without precursors. They promise you that it doesn't matter what you do, just like the false teachers of, of Peter's day or of John's day, who's pretty much the same day. It doesn't matter what you do. God loves you, you know. He is grace, God's grace. Doesn't matter. You know, you'll, 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 you'll prosper because God wants you to prosper. The key to all of this, if, if, be careful to obey. If you obey, then you will be prosperous. That's why I love. I, I, and here's the thing. You can, we, obviously, you, you can't. You have to make sure that people understand. You come to Christ and Christ will clean up your life for you. You don't have to, to, to get clean and, and like, well, if you're, if you're addicted to, 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 to something, you're like, well, uh, Christ won't accept me unless I, I, no. Come as you are, but you don't stay as you are because the grace of God is, is an empowerment to live free from sin. That's what the grace of God is. There is a grace that comes on you. It's an empowerment. And even that, talking about the grace of giving, there's a grace that comes on you to empower you to do those things, that you want to do those things, not begrudgingly, not because you feel like you have to, but because it's an outpouring of love for the Lord, an outpouring of thankfulness and saying, look at what God has done for me. I am going to give it back to him and it's going to keep coming back. That's how it works. How many times does Jonathan say, I keep trying to give it all away and it comes back. And look what he does with it. Preach night after night after night, everywhere and anywhere. No, no barriers. Could you imagine? I have no interest in going back to, to, to when we had like donkeys to get around, you know, and you can maybe preach in one place and then it'd take you like a week to get to the next place. Yeah, no. Well, you know, you could still reach people even with not a lot of money. Yeah, sure. 
But don't you want to reach the most? Do you know how much it costs for one Super Bowl commercial? It's got to be like multiple millions. Why would a company... No, donkeys are great. They, they're very helpful. Why would a company dish out millions of dollars for like 30 seconds of the commercial? Why would they do that? You want to know why? Because of the reach. Everybody watches the Super Bowl and everybody watches live. So they're forced to see the commercials. They don't have to do that. They can stand on the street, hold up a sign, please buy our product. You can reach people that way. But don't you want to do everything you possibly can for the Lord? Don't you want your money to fund the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of darkness? Because we have no problem funding everything that's wicked. Amazon. Uh, uh, um, Apple. I can't think of another company. Starbucks, whatever. It's all wicked. Wicked people with wicked agendas. And we have no problem. Take my money. I don't have my size pay. Take it. Take it all. Why do these preachers always talk about giving? They just want to get rich. Some do. But the, the you'll know. You'll know. Because either they won't acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ or the biggest one. They'll promise you prosperity without a precursor. And the precursor is clear. You must live in obedience with God. You must be in covenant with God. You must be following him. You must put sin far from your life. And so I'm going to pray tonight. If you're listening to me and you don't know the Lord, and you're like, this is interesting, but I, I'm not really sure. In my life, I've done a lot of bad things. Listen, you're welcome. Jesus' arms are open wide for you. He's waiting for you. Don't, don't think that, well, once I, once I quit drinking, then I'll be able to come. Trust me. Come to Jesus. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So don't think I got to clean myself up to be worthy of God. God, Jesus emptied himself out so that you can be worthy to come to him. You weren't worthy when you were lost in sin. But now we are, once you come to Christ, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. It's like uh, there's a song, we, uh, I, we, we do it sometimes, it's, co it's called, Oh, Come to the Altar. Come, come as you are. And then you will be made righteous through faith in Christ Jesus. The whole point, the whole point of the law not working is because all they were trying to do was become righteous on their own strength and they constantly fell short. But through faith in Jesus, by making a decision and saying, I'm going to follow Jesus all the days of my life, his spirit comes on the inside of you and empowers you and enables you to live a life free of sin. You're going to, you're going to develop a distaste for sin. The things that you, you know, I just heard a testimony of someone. They were, they were addicted to meth, which is, I don't know a lot about drugs because I'm kind of like a, a, a fairly innocent person, but it's bad. 
And it was just gone, just like that, when they came to Christ. So if you, if you're, listen, you're like, man, I need Jesus. I need help. Come to, come to him right now and pray this prayer. Well, why, why do we have to pray a prayer? The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, out of your mouth, and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. So make this confession out of your mouth. Pray this prayer after me, out loud. Say, Father, I believe in my heart that Christ came for me. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now confess of all my sin and all my wrongdoing. I decide today to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, that I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen.